Well, here's an interesting thought at the beginning of our series, Future You. Most of us spend a lot of time dreaming about our future. Most of us spend a lot of time dreaming about our future, right? Like, isn't that true that it starts when we're really young children and someone asks us what we want to be when we grow up? Matter, matter of fact, just a, a few weeks ago, I asked my four-year-old daughter, Noble, for the first time what she wants to be when she grows up. And I, I was so surprised by her answer. I was really taken back. I said, Noble, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be Jesus. And I, like, maybe this is me at, you know, my dark nature coming out as like, to, like, to my four-year-old daughter, I was like, baby girl, you only want to be Jesus till you turn about 33, and then things take a really dark turn. Like, so you got to figure out something to be after 33. Like, you got like, you got to figure something out. Like, but isn't that true that, like, most of us spend a lot of time thinking and dreaming and hoping about our future. When you're in middle school, you think about how cool high school is going to be. And when you're in high school, you spend a lot of time probably thinking about what you're going to do after high school, maybe college, maybe get, going into the military, maybe going straight into the, into the workforce. When you're single, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about how great marriage is going to be. Maybe you're one of those people who spent a lot of time from, a, from the time that you were little to high school to, you know, to singlehood, like to your early 20s, thinking about how great it's going to be someday when you get to become a parent and you get to have kids. When you have kids, a lot of us, let's be honest, we spend a lot of time thinking about how great it's going to be once the kids are grown and moved out and we can have the house back to ourselves. I mean, like we all, we all have this tendency to do that. You think a lot about the career that you hope to have. And the money that you hope to make and the home that you hope to someday buy or that you hope to someday build if you ever get to build that dream home. You dream about traveling in retirement. Most of us spend a great deal of time thinking and dreaming and hoping about our future. But here's a really sobering thought on the flip side of that. Most of us are really bad at making choices that build the future we hope for. Most of us are really bad at making choices that actually build the future that we're hoping for. Isn't that unfortunately true? That for all of our thinking and wishing and dreaming and planning for the future, we're all pretty bad at making decisions that actually help us accomplish the future that we spend all of that time hoping for. Let me, let me give you a few examples. Most single Christians, if you ask them, or if I were to ask you, would say they want a godly marriage in the future. Most of you, if I were to ask you, that would be that something that you would say, like, I'm single, and someday I want to get married, and I want that marriage to be a godly marriage. That's what you want, but then you talk, your, you talk yourself into dating people whose faith is shaky at best, right? Like it's di and it's difficult to end up in a godly marriage when you spend all of your time dating people whose faith is shaky. And to, here, this is an example. Today's you works against the good of future you. Here's another one. We all hope to eventually retire. Now I say I say all, but I, but I know that I am married to someone who is 20 years away from her mandated state retirement and has already begun planning her second career because let's face it, my wife can't stop, won't stop working like that. Like that. That's it. So, but most of us, most of us hope to someday retire. But in the here and now, we're so bad at living within our means that we end up saving nothing toward retirement that we hope for. Once again, today's you works against future you. Or students, whether you're in high school, college, grad school, going back to school, there's this thing so many of us do where we know there's a big paper or a big assignment or a big test, big exam coming up, and it's two weeks away. 
And you could start now. You have some time now to start. But today you wants to hang out with friends or check fantasy football stats or get an extra hour of sleep. So that paper becomes future you's problem. You have time today where you could do it. Today you could start working toward that assignment or, or studying for that exam. But that's going to become future you's problem because today you has other priorities. Today, today's you choosing to pass on that work, on the work that it could do today, makes future you stressed out, makes future you work against a deadline, makes future you stay up way too late or maybe not even get any sleep for a few nights. What today you wants works against the good of future you. So here's the truth, and this, and, and, and here's the truth about that. We rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat, and we do the same things over and over and over again, hoping for different results. But today's you always seems to be working against the good of future you. And here's the truth. Today's you can be the greatest enemy of future you. Today's you can be the greatest, single greatest enemy of future you. Almost everything that current you wants works against the good of future you works about what's you against what you want for future you. Almost everything that screams for the attention of current you doesn't help build the future that you hope for. Every, almost everything that seems so urgent to current you comes at the expense of what's valuable and what's most valuable and most important to future you. Almost everything about that. Today's you can be the single greatest enemy of future you, but it doesn't have to be that way. See, there is another option. There's another option. Today's you can be the, the best friend to future you. Today's you can be the best friend to future you. See, it's possible. It's possible for today's you, for current you, to develop a filter through which you live and walk and make choices that actually helps future you experience everything that you hope for and everything that you dream of. Of. It's possible, dare I say, preferable that current you does not have to undermine future you. It's possible that current you can make decisions that set future you up for success. It's possible that current you can choose relationships that allow future you to live with peace and not regret it's possible. I actually think it's what God planned for you and what God hopes for you and what God has intended for you all along. And it starts with us simply learning to walk in godly wisdom. So today we begin to learn how to walk in godly wisdom um, in Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Uh, the church in Ephesus was a church that Paul had started. It was that Paul had started and he stayed at for a long time. Time. So these are people that Paul had a relationship with and he knew well. So when he writes his letter to, the, to help them know how to move forward in their relationship with God, he's speaking to real life issues that he knows exist for the people who would read this letter and he knew they would exist for you and I as well. Here's how he starts in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He said this, So be careful how you live. Or that last word live could easily be translated, maybe better translated as walk. So be very careful how you live or walk. Be careful how you walk. Now, anyone who has lived in New Mexico more than about a week should understand, be careful how you walk. Because you live in a place where there's these things that exist called goat heads. 
Anyone ever stepped on a goat head? Maybe hit the anger button. Maybe hit the like button. Like, like if you've ever stepped on a goat head, would you let us know in the comments or let us know some way in, in like just let us know how angry it makes you? I actually witnessed this last Sunday in a, in a pretty funny way. Funny, funny to me. Um, Jalen was walking out to our car on Sunday morning to head to church, and she was she was carrying a bag to the to the trash can. And because of how much rain that we've gotten around around Las Cruces, um, our our yard, like many yards right now, is completely full of weeds. And unfortunately, when when our weeds sprout up, we get weeds that grow and sprout goat heads. And so one of the places that these goat heads tend to rear up rear up is right around our trash can on the side of our house. And so she carries this bag to the to the trash can and, and because she's a really sane normal person she walked out to the who walks out to the car barefoot because she keeps her shoes in the car she walked out barefoot stepped around to to, to put the bag in the in the trash can and stepped on a goat head and I was sitting in the in the driver's seat of the car already buckled in and I saw it happen and she just went and like went down and did this funny little move where she spun around to hug the car because she was so hopeful she would never not step on a goat head again. And so she's in this like shrunken down, I'm hugging the car because I don't want my feet to ever step on a goat head thing again. And she's like, you know, in, in pain, a lot of foot pain and a lot of foot agony. And, and I, again, I'm already sitting in the car. I'm already in the driver's seat. I'm already buckled. I thought I'm going to be a really, really gracious husband. I rolled down her window and I said, babe, you should probably read Ephesians 5.15. <laughs> no, no, I didn't, it didn't actually have, but wouldn't that be great if it did? That, I, like, that we should be very careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Paul says to Jesus followers, Paul says to Jesus followers, walk carefully, not casually. Walk carefully, not casually. Paul knew that the Ephesian Christians, and you and I as well, would have a natural tendency to walk through life in a relaxed, casual fashion, thinking, well, what's the worst that could happen? What's the, like, if I make this decision or this decision, what's, like, what could, what bad could possibly happen? Not really aware of the potential danger surrounding us with each and every turn and each and every choice and each and every decision that we make and every decision that we face. Paul says, because there's more danger than you realize, because there's more at stake than you think, because there's more going on than you realize and that you can ever understand in, in the face of every decision that you make, Paul says you should live and walk in life as if you're walking through a minefield. Paul says you should live and walk as if you're walking through a field full of goat, of, of goat heads. Paul says you should live and walk in life as if you're a parent walking through a dark room full of Lego bricks on the ground. Paul says you should live and walk in life as if you have a big old dog in your backyard and you're walking through its place of business, if you know what I mean. Like just about everywhere you step, just about everywhere you go, just about every decision that you make, there's the possibility of blowing up something important, something valuable, something that's ultimately, that, that lasts, that everywhere you turn, there's the danger of, of, of blowing something up. And because there's that potential danger, you need to be careful, not casual. You need to be careful, not casual with your decisions, with your relationships, with your finances, with your future, with the people that you spend time with, the people that you allow into your inner circle. You need to be careful, not casual. So Paul says, be careful how you live. And then he goes on, he says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. 
but like those who are wise. Now, biblically speaking, when we talk about fools and wise, fool and wise, fool and wise, there's this dichotomy. This is a black and white when it, when it comes to biblical authors. Biblically speaking, fools are people who act like life is disconnected. A biblical fool is someone who acts like life as, is disconnected, as if today doesn't lead to tomorrow, as if, as if today's decisions don't affect tomorrow's reality. See, Paul says, you know better. Paul says, you know better. Don't live that way. Don't live as if today's choices don't, like, don't live as if, as if today's choices don't affect to tomorrow's reality. Don't live as if you can surround yourself with any old people and have the healthy relationships that you desire. Don't live as if you can spend your money any, any, any which way and have the financial peace and security that you hope for. Don't live like fools, Paul says. Be wise. He first says, so don't be, be careful, not casual. He says, be wise, not foolish. Don't live as if life is disconnected. Live as if life is connected and as if today's choices really do build tomorrow's reality in your friendships, in your families, in your romantic relationships, in your finances, in your everything, in your career. Live and walk and make choices like wise people like wise people. He goes on to say this, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So he says, be careful then how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And this is interesting because when you read these evil days, we automatically want to go like, can, can a day be evil? Can, can a day, is that a thing that, that can happen? And I would say, yes, a day can be evil, but that's not what Paul's talking about. Or we want to roll our eyes and go, oh, Paul's getting into the culture wars and he's calling days evil and he's trying to cancel days and all this kind of stuff. And that's not what Paul's talking about either. Neither of those things is what Paul was actually talking about. Paul is talking about the fact that culture and life and time has a natural pull toward things that are no good for you that are no good for you, that life has a way of getting you to choose what's urgent over what's important, that life has a way of getting you to choose what's attractive over what's substantial, that life has a way of getting you to choose what's temporary over what's lasting. Life has this way of making the wrong things seem like valuable, once in a lifetime, can't miss opportunities, and has this way of making the right things seem like a waste of time that only a fool would actually care about. And here's what's so interesting about that. I didn't say anything that you don't already know. We all kind of intuitively know that, that life has this gravitational pull towards the things that really aren't that important, towards the urgent, towards the attractive, towards the temporary, at the expense of the important, the substantial, and the lasting, and the eternal. We all know that. We all know that. But then we act, we so often act in a way that ignores that reality. And anytime, anytime we act in a way or live in a way or walk in a way that ignores reality, Paul would tell you and I am telling you, you, today you, are setting future you up for pain and frustration and difficulty. And so Paul says, make the most of Every opportunity, 
every opportunity, even in the face of, of a culture that has, is trying to pull you in a, in a direction and your own nature which is trying to pull you in a direction and all of this stuff that's trying to pull you in a direction and in the face of a, of a culture that's full of landmines and that's full of goat heads and all that stuff, would you walk carefully and would you make the most of every opportunity? And he finishes off this little passage like this in verse 17. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. This, this is so great. Paul, after saying, be wise, be careful, watch your step. He says, don't act without thought, but understand what the Lord wants. This is so beautiful. This is Paul saying, look, you choosing wisely, you walking wisely, you walking careful to choose well and to decide well and to set up your future well. It isn't just about you and your future. This is bigger than that. Paul says this, we honor God when we walk wisely. We honor God when we walk wisely. This actually seems to imply that when you today set future you up well, God in heaven looks down at you as his child and he goes, yes, they get it. They are walking in my wisdom. They are walking according to wisdom. They are not walking as if life is disconnected. They are not walking as if today and tomorrow are, are disconnected. They are walking as if life is connected and they are walking in my wisdom. They understand that life is connected. They understand that life is trying to pull them in a million different directions and away from what's ultimately important. They understand that, and because of that, they are choosing to walk in my ways and walk in my wisdom. So you honor God and I honor God when we walk in God's wisdom, when we choose God's wisdom and when we choose God's ways. See, here's our first thought. Here, here's, here's our first thought to help us get better at being a friend to our future self, at being a friend to our future self. And this, is, this isn't actually a thought, it's a, it's a question. And I don't think it's just a question. I think this is a great question. Some people actually, I think, might call this the best question that we could possibly ask ourselves when it comes to setting up our future selves, when it comes to helping our future selves accomplish the future that we actually want for ourselves. Here's a great question. What does future you want current you to do? What does future you want current you to do? What does future you want current you to do? See, we promoted this series saying future you wants to have a conversation with the current view version of you. You want to know what future you would like to say? Future you wants you to wants today's you to know that your choices today build future you's reality. That, that your choices today build future you's reality. That to, to walk wisely, to honor God in yourself, is to understand that there is a connection between the choices that you make today and the reality that you'll live in tomorrow. That to set future you up, to live the way that you hope future you can live, you have to walk aware of what's around you. And you have to have an understanding of the world that you live in and the gravitational pull of culture and time and your own nature. That your choices today build tomorrow's reality. So what does future you want current you to do? What does future you want the current version of you to do? That's a great question. 
on its own? That's a great question that, it, honestly, if you just ask that question every single day, like at the top of, at the, top of the day, that would guide your decision-making to make you a better decision-maker, to make you more wise, to help you make wiser, better decisions every day of your lives. So like, if you just ask that question, that's an incredibly strong, wise question and leads you in a wise direction. But I think for every one of us, there's the potential that that, that that question could actually be a little stronger, that there's an add-on that every one of us needs, that there's, that there's three add-ons and every single one of us needs at least one of these, but I think actually needs all of these to help this question be as strong as it could possibly be. So I'm going to tell you what the, what the add-ons are and then we're going to talk through these, these questions. What does future you want the current version of you to do based on your past experiences, your current reality, and your future hopes and dreams? What does future you want the current you to do based on your past experiences, your current reality, and your future hopes and dreams? Let's talk through the first one. Let's talk about the first one together. Based on your past experiences, what should current you do for future you? Based on your past experiences, what should current you do for future you? The, the, there, are, there are things, when we talk about this, the reason this is so important for us to understand, there are things that you have history with. Things that don't wreck everyone, but when you get involved with those things, they wreck you. And because of your history with those things, you should probably be very, 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 very careful with those things and around those things and around those people. Again, they don't wreck everyone, but when you get involved with them, they wreck you. And based on your past experiences, what would future you want current you to do in relation to those things or those people people or those environments? There are things that your family has history with. And because of your family's history with certain things, you should walk and live with extreme caution in relation to certain things. Because here's the thing, I don't believe in family curses, but I absolutely believe in DNA and that certain people are predisposed towards certain things and certain addictions and certain, have, and certain weaknesses. I absolutely believe that. And I absolutely believe that what children see their parents do repeatedly gets ingrained in children's brains and sometimes comes out much later in life in ways that they don't even understand that they don't even understand. So let me, let me give you a few words of caution based on maybe some of your past experiences. If you have a close family member who ever had a major problem with alcohol, you should probably never take another sip because it's very possible that the same things that led to their problem with alcohol is in you as well. And if you don't want to go down the road that they did, you shouldn't take another single step on that path. If you're a guy, if you're a guy who ever saw your dad hit your mom, you should pay careful attention to how you handle your anger. What you saw in the past could easily come out of you in the future if you're not paying careful attention to how you handle your anger. If you're a lady who ever saw your mom escape reality by diving into fantasies, you need to pay careful attention to what you watch and read and listen to and how much time you're spending in those things. This is why you should know your family's medical history based on past experiences. This is why you should know your family's medical history. This is why it's a good idea to also know your family's mental health history, to know, to know what's in you, to know what's around you, not because you want to get freaked out, 
but to be aware that if these things pop up, I need to pay extra careful attention. Let, let, to get insanely practical with something. Insanely practical with something. This is something I've heard so, from so many people in this area. You've had relatives pass away without a will or without a plan or without insurance. And because of that, you or others that you love had to deal with an immense amount of chaos while dealing with the pain of losing a parent or a grandparent. And it made that difficult time that much more difficult. I bring that all up to tell you this. If that's your family history, your default will be to repeat it. If that's your family history, your default will be to repeat it. But instead, you can change it for your family and for your children, and for your loved ones. And I know none of us want to think about the time that we're going to pass on, or the time that we're going to pass away, or the time where our life will come to a close. But for some of you, the most spiritual thing that you will do as a result of what you hear today is that you'll make a call tomorrow to an attorney, or to get on a website, and to begin the process of forming and making a will so that your children will not have to handle the chaos that you did or a loved one around you did at the most difficult time of their life. What does, based on your past experiences, what does current you, or what does future you want current you to do? What does future you want current you to do? Here's the second question. Based on current reality, what should current you do for future you? based on your current reality, based on what's happening right now, based on what's happening around us, based on your current reality, not everybody's current reality, but your current reality, the current reality of your life and your finances and your family and your relationships and your friendships and, and your housing and your everything, based on your current reality, what should current you do for future you? I think one of the biggest ways that this is playing out in our world right now is in regard to like the mental health struggle and the mental health battle that so many of us are facing right now. It is no surprise to anyone that over the last year and a half, there's been a mental health battle, mental health struggle across the world like never before. Some of us, let's be honest, some of us have been so fearful that it has turned into anxiety and depression. Others of us have been so angry, it has turned into anxiety and rage. We're just like, Mm, I'm just mad. I'm just mad. I'm just mad all the time. And when you, and if you don't do something with that anger, it internalizes and it becomes this, I don't know why my body can't settle down and it's anxiety and it's rage. Some of us have found ourselves doing everything we could to escape reality by drowning ourselves in entertainment. And others of us have become borderline OCD because we're controlling anything and everything that we possibly can control while the rest of the world is going out of control. For a lot of people, you have been treading water, you've been trying to survive, you've been trying to make it through, you've been trying to get by, you've been trying to keep, you've been literally treading water, like I just gotta keep my head above the water, gotta keep alive, gotta keep alive, gotta survive, gotta survive, gotta survive, gotta survive, and that's fine. But survival isn't the goal, healthy is the goal. Healthy is the goal, and let me tell you what I know about future you. Future you doesn't want to still be struggling for survival because current you didn't want to fight for health. Future you wants current you to start fighting for health and wants current you to decide to start winning the battle for your mind and your emotional well-being. Based on your current reality, some of you, what future you wants current you to do is that you would start fighting for your mental health. 
that you would fight for it healthy. So based on your current reality, what should current you do for future you? And then one final one, final one based on your future hopes and dreams. Based on your future hopes and dreams, what should current you do for future you? See, if future you, if future you wants to start your own business, current you should save like crazy. Some of you, you're, 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 you're future entrepreneurs. You're, you're people who want to start a business of your own someday. And if you want to start your own business, current you should save like crazy, not only for the start of your business, but to have margin for the leanness of early life in business. The most practical thing, the most practical thing that I ever heard from someone about church planting was not about church planting, but it was during a lunch that I had five years before I ever, I knew that I ever wanted to plant a church. It was the very first lunch I had with someone after moving to Alamogordo, a wonderful man named Johnny Glover. Um, he, he, he said this, he took me out to lunch. I think this is like the third day that I was, that I was in town. Um, he was part of the church that I, that I was going to be working at. He's, He's part of the board of the church that I was going to be working at. And he had just, about a year previously, he had opened a, a gas station and a restaurant. There was a, a, tra- a travel center. And I, we were eating at the, at the restaurant in the travel center. And I was asking him questions like, oh, how long like, has this been open? Oh, yeah, all, all this kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll never forget the, the phrase that he said. He said, no, well, he said, well, it's not making any money yet because nothing breaks even in the first year and a half. don't you start a business to make money? He said, well, yeah, but you got to let it get through that first year and a half for it to start making money. And, 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 and he, what, he talked about how like, you've got to have this margin. You've got to have the ability to, to, for a year and a half for it to lose money and lose money and lo- lose less and less and less until it actually starts making money. And for me, when, it came, when hearing that advice, hearing, hearing those words, like, it made me hyper aware when we were beginning the process of starting a church we needed to personally have a place where we had margin that if things didn't go as well as we expected at, at first, we personally had margin to handle that. It also made us hyper aware that since we were probably planting a church full of a lot of young people who, do, who probably would not have a lot of money, that we need to be extra, extra aware to raise a lot, of mo- a lot of money ahead of time, to have a lot of margin in our church, in our organization's bank account, to handle the leanness of the early years. And because of that, we were able to raise a lot of money and we were able to see our church through those lean years at the beginning. If you're an entrepreneur, be aware that nothing breaks even for a year and a half. So if future you wants to be an entrepreneur, if future you wants to someday start your own business or own your own business, you have to be prepared for the leanness of the early years. Singles, singles. If you're single and you're watching today, let me talk to you for a little bit about dating. Two pieces of advice. Number one, if current you wants future you to be married, you actually have to go on dates. You actually have to go on dates, which means, guys, you have to actually ask girls on dates. Now, out wherever you're watching this, there should be some feminine amens going on right now. You're like, hallelujah. Someone is finally saying this. Get these guys to actually ask us girls on dates. I still don't know where this developed over time, but in Christian culture, it became taboo to have a little bit of interest in someone and ask them out on a date. 
it is okay to ask someone on a date and it's okay to say yes when someone asks you out on a date, even if you don't know if you're interested in them. Guess where you'll find out if you're interested in them? On the darn date. I mean, like that's where you're gonna find out if you're interested. If you're single and a Christian, you should actually, this is coming from Pastor Chris, this is coming from Pastor, you should actually go on a lot of first dates with other Christians. I highly encourage it. But here's my second piece of advice. Here's my second piece of advice. On the flip side of that, go on a lot of first dates with other Christians. Be very careful about who gets a second date. Be very careful about who gets a second date. See, if you get good at first dates, you'll learn quickly how to figure out who's deserving of a second date because you can figure out pretty quickly who shares your priority of faith, who shares life interest, who shares life direction where your life and their life are moving in a similar direction, who lives up to your hopes and dreams and who's and, and, and you know who lives up to your hopes and dreams and who's just a little bit of fun to have a, a, to have dinner with every once in a while. Like you'll figure out the difference and this will sound judgmental, but you'll figure out pretty quickly how to not waste your time and how to not play with their hearts and to play with their heads. You will learn pretty quickly how to not waste your time on someone who's not deserving of your time or your heart or your hopes or your dreams. Based on your future hopes and dreams, you should have a lot of fun and meet new people. And if you're a lady, you should eat a lot of free meals. But based on your future hopes and dreams, you shouldn't waste your time or someone else is when you know there is no future with them. So, so what, does, what does future you want current you to do? What does future you want current you to do? That's a great question. That's a big question. And in, and in light of all these things, in light of our past experiences, what does, what does future you want current you to do? In light of your current reality, what is, what is future you want current you to do? In light of your future hopes and dreams, what is future you want current you, want today's version of you to do? Let me tell you one thing that I know future you wants current you to do as, as we close. Let me tell you one thing I know future you wants current you to do. Future you wants current you to find and follow Jesus. Future you wants current you to find and follow Jesus. Jesus. I mean, you're doing, a great, you're doing a great job moving in that direction today, but some of you, you've never made the decision that I'm going to discover everything Jesus has for me. I'm going to follow him with everything I've got. Future you wants you to find and follow Jesus. Future you wants you to find and follow Jesus. See, based on your past experiences, your sin has left you in need of a Savior. That's why you should find and follow Jesus. Current reality, that you can't do anything to actually make yourself right with God. That's why you need to find and follow Jesus because on your own, you're hopeless. On your own, you're lost. On your own, you're a fool, but with God, there's wisdom. That's why God, that's why future you wants you to find and follow Jesus because not only are you doing for, has God done for you what you can't do for you, God also has wisdom for you that you don't have for you. Based on your current reality, you should find and follow Jesus. And based on your future hopes and dreams, I think this is true for all of us. You want to spend eternity with the one who died for you and the one who lives 
for you and the one who has invited you into life that you could never have on your own. You want to spend eternity with that person. His name is Jesus. You can find and follow him today. So what does future you want current you to do? Future you wants current you to find and follow Jesus and spend the rest of your life figuring out and discovering everything that he has for you. What does future you want current you to do? That's a great question. And as we go throughout the rest of this series, we're going to ask that question in unique ways, and we're going to find out some really amazing answers over the next few weeks. Today, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you love us more than I could possibly imagine and more than I could possibly say. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his death on the cross that sets us free from sin. Thank you for his resurrection life that invites us into a new life and a new relationship with you. Thank you that in that relationship with you, you have wisdom for us that we do not have on our own. So God, help us to walk knowing that today we can choose to build a better tomorrow. That today's choices actually do affect and build tomorrow's reality that we will live in and that we will walk in and that we will live and raise our families in and that we'll do finances in and that we'll do everything in. So God, help us to be wise. Help us to live for future us. Help us to live for you. Help us to live for our future selves. Help us to actually get better over the course of these next few weeks at building the future that we hope for and that we spend so much time thinking about and that we spend so much time dreaming about and some, some of us spend so much time praying for. God, help us to do that. Help us to choose you. Help us to honor you by walking in your wisdom and by walking in your ways. We love you, God. Give us wisdom to know what to do with what we've just heard. Give us courage to actually put it into practice. We love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.